Hey, what's up, guys? This is Clint McGill with the Strong Mind Sports Podcast. Excited to have you here today. Hopefully the day is going well for you. And you've probably heard the question thrown out before, how much of this game is mental? And numbers are always going to range. You know, some people are going to say, oh, it's uh, 90% mental, 80% mental. Uh, you know, it's a big number. And people say, okay, what is it physical? What's the percentage? And people, you know, again, throw a number out there. Oh, it's 10%, it's 40%, whatever. But here's a question that I had not been asked before. How much of this game is visual? And of course, the answer is 100%, right? But how much time do we spend actually trying to improve our vision and our techniques with where we look, right? It's probably at about 0%. And so today we have Ryan Harrison with Slow the Game Down, and he and his father work with you know a number of different uh, professional teams from hockey through baseball, uh, a number of top colleges, and they have a ton of different techniques that just aren't taught anywhere that actually improve your vision out there on the playing field and your reaction time, all that thing, just some very fascinating stuff. And vision is so important, right? Like I know whenever I was playing that I swung at just about every slider off the plate that I had a chance at, right? And I did not swing at that because I thought I could drive that ball and that was my pitch. I swung at it because I thought it was a fastball. And if as a player, if you can just lay off of a few pitches uh, per week, you know what I mean? Just one per game. I mean, what's the difference between one and one versus, uh, you know, uh, two and one or uh, one and two, you know what I mean? By laying off of a pitch you recognized is just astronomical, right? And those results really compound. And so anyway, I'm really excited to introduce to you some techniques on how to actually improve your vision, what you should be looking at while the pitch is coming, and uh, things of that nature. So I think you're going to enjoy it. And now before we get started, I want to share with you the review of the week. This one comes from Jennifer. Clint, thank you so much for all you do for kids and parents trying their best to make playing fun, successful, rewarding, and educational on a bunch of different levels. My son is about to turn 11 in May. He struggled at game time the first portion of his season last year, and then we took a chance at buying your Bulletproof Hitter baseball videos, and it made a world of difference. And I just wanted to reach out and tell you that you touched our lives. As parents, we've learned a lot too. Thank you so much for creating a helpful outline to follow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jennifer. All right, Jennifer. Well, thank you for sending that in. That always feels good to, uh, to hear that this stuff's having an impact. So uh, anyway, continued good vibes to you guys this season. And one quick note before we get to the interview is at the end, Ryan does an awesome demonstration. And I'm not going to tell you what it was for. You're gonna, I don't want to spoil the surprise for you here. Uh, but anyway, this came from the Youth Baseball Summit, which was a, uh, a video recording we did a couple years back. And anyway, you'll hear him explain the demonstration, but you won't get the full effect without seeing it. So I went ahead and I cut that part and put it on our Facebook page. And so you'll see that in the video section of me and Ryan talking. Uh, but anyways, just to kind of give you a little preface here was that he was holding uh, his hand by his face and was running through a few different numbers, one, three, four, just almost like a catcher. However, his words that you hear did not line up with the numbers or the amount of fingers that were being held up. And so really throws me off, but uh, you'll see why he does it, and it's just a, kind of a mind-blowing demonstration. So anyway, uh, be sure to listen to that, and then go to the Facebook page and check that out as well. So without further ado, here is Ryan Harrison. Ryan, thank you so much for being here with us today. 
Thanks, Clint, for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to have you, man. People, uh, people need to hear your guys' message here. So, um, you know, what we're trying to accomplish with this summit is really introduce people to the trainings that they just aren't getting through conventional practice methods. And vision training definitely fits this bill, right? So, um, you know, I've heard people that have used vision training methods, specifically your training methods, and uh, how much it's improved their game, and yet virtually nobody is working on it, or let alone even knows about it. So, uh, so anyway, our goal here is to change that. So, um, Ryan, you guys just got back from spring training, you and your dad, is that right? Yeah, we were back there uh, last week at the uh, first week of spring training. Okay, okay, good deal. Yeah, I know you guys you, you work with a lot of major league clubs. So what do you guys do down there um, whenever, whenever you're spending time with them? Well, you know, we've been doing this for a long time and it changes year to year. So we got to be a, a, a broken field running back in a, in a sense of knowing when and where to be at what time. But uh, what most people don't realize is the training starts pretty early in the morning there. And, and uh, we got to wake those eyes up before the game starts. But uh, we basically, you know, this time of the year is really reevaluate some of the players, see where they're at from a visual perspective. Uh, re-talk to them a little bit about uh, their visual plan, their visual technique as they go into spring training, and uh, get them ready, uh, you know, to feel comfortable to seeing the ball and slowing the game down. Okay, interesting. So, so basically, it's a follow-up. You guys aren't doing uh, educating. You guys, you guys have been, you know, staples down there for a while now. So, um, so what are you guys measuring to see if they're improving or not? Is is it just kind of like the eyeball test, or I mean, what uh, what kind of That's methods are you are you using? We've been with the San Francisco Giants for about seven years now, so it is, uh, it, it's not brand new introduction of stuff. It is reevaluating and, and re-educating for the most part. But, you know, even for uh, the, the kids listening and the parents listening to this, you know, vision training kind of is a, um, it's, it's not the easiest word for people to talk about because people think it's about do I see or do I not see? And that is an important part to the game. And, and including, I, I encourage every parent that's in here, don't assume your kid can see, because we've seen it over and over and over again, um, from young kids to not necessarily big league guys, because it usually gets uh, uh, filtered out by then, but minor league or college guys that have vision issues that are uncorrected. So kind of backtracking a little bit from what I look at vision training as I look at it as a, as, as a three-prong uh, approach to it. One is the medical side of it, which is, you know, the clarity issues, the contact lens, uh, the astigmatism, the glasses, whatever, you know, medical side of that um, it is, a, is important. It's not the only answer, but it's an important part of the, uh, the spoke. And the second part is really about how the eyes function and how the brain functions and visual skills, how depth perception, speed of process and speed of recognition skills. And these are skills that we reevaluate. Uh, with the players uh, of all different levels, uh, but they are also trainable. Uh, very rarely that we will find issues skill-wise that aren't trainable. Um, there are some times that'll happen at a younger age. And then really the third prong, uh, which is probably the most important, uh, the trifecta effect to this is really the tactical aspect of vision, how to use your eyes on the field. And what most parents think of or what most coaches think of is vision is just really about clarity. Can the kids see? Can they not see? Uh, I get it all the time. I get it from uh, coaches at different levels. Hey, we've had this kid's vision uh, checked. There's something going on here. And that's really where that next stage is, is the clarity is good, but how do the eyes function and how do they use them on 
on the field to, to really slow things down. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, because you always just hear about, uh, yeah, no, the kid doesn't have glasses, so he should be fine. And uh, as a parent, you don't even think of, uh, you know, another alternative to go down. So um, it's encouraging that this stuff can be trained. Yeah, I heard you say that. So um, we're not just, uh, you know, uh, stuck with what you've got there. So, um, so whenever you work with somebody, let's say, you know, let, let's back it down. Because like you said, the major leaguers, most of the guys with bad vision have gotten weeded out by then. But if you're working with a younger athlete, I mean, what are um, what are the problems that you're seeing? Is it is it not focusing at, uh, you know, at certain times or, or what are the common problems that you seem to be correcting? Well, I think, um, you know, I kind of laugh a little bit as I have a, a trunk of tools, basically, depending on the situation that is needed. Um, you know, recently I had a college player that said, man, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing great. I'm good. You know, my eyes have really good clarity. And we evaluate his depth perception. And what depth perception really has to do with is how the muscles of the eyes work. And what most people don't realize, there's actually 14 muscles, seven muscles in each eye, and 12 that are involved in tracking a ball. And if these muscles aren't functioning properly, it creates a lot of uh, bad habits in the box or in the field. So uh, for example, these 12 muscles that are involved in tracking, they're kind of moving the eyes like this. And if some of them are tight or weak, the eyes don't want to track. Well, if they're not tracking, they're probably not seeing the outside pitch. They're not seeing the inside pitch. They're not seeing change in velocity. There's a lot of variances that can happen that the brain doesn't process when the two eyes aren't functioning accurately. And then, you know, even going back to this, that we're looking for is really is, and I ask this to, to many players, and you can ask this to your kids, uh, where are you looking when you step in the box? And it has to do more about visual focus or you can call it mental focus, but whether they're focusing in a hard focus, a soft focus, or we talk about a fine focus, and learning how to control and get their eyes at the ball at the right time, uh, and seeing it early, seeing it to contact, and giving them the most amount of time to see it and, and react to it. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. There's so much I want to dive into right there. So uh, yeah, man, I know we're going to be respectful of the, the, the listener's time here. I know nobody wants to listen to it, uh, me ask questions for two hours. So, uh, but one thing I do want to, to clarify, when you talk about fine focus and soft focus, I think that's super important. I've heard that before and uh, can make a major difference. Can you explain um, what a fine and soft focus is, you know, for a hitter, you know, waiting for his pitch? Can you kind of Walk us through that. Yeah, basically, um, you know, what a soft focus is, is really trying to see everything. It's trying to see the panorama. It's trying to see the wide angle view. It's trying to see a lot of information. And that's how we tend to want to be, is we want to be able to try to see everything, including, uh, you know, if you're looking at me and you're seeing everything that's on the wall and everything in the background, and if you try to take the whole image in, it's tough. You see a lot, but you don't see a lot of detail. And there's a time that we need to be in there. And then we use the term hard focus, which my father, Dr. Bill, used to use uh, in the early days, but we've gotten away from it. Hard focus is more of a stare mode, where we get locked in and we get locked in staring, and we tend to stiffen up, and we tend not to be that great when we tend to lock in too, too early or too long. And so what we use the term fine focus is really learning how to look for detail and fine-tune our vision so we're seeing information. We only have a small area of clarity. And if we're trying to see too much, we're not really seeing a lot. 
when we try to look for detail, we tend to see a lot more. And give you an example of, of how to control that is driving down the highway. And we've all done this where we look at a hash mark and we track it as, a, as it comes towards us, or we look at a sign and watch it as it comes towards us. We're fine detailed on that information and things tend to slow down. When we're in a soft focus and we're just generally looking down the road, everything tends to speed up. So learning how to control being in a soft and being in a fine, because we can't be in the fine for a long period of time, is part of the, the process. And learning how to control it and getting your fine right at the release point at the right time is the key to seeing the detail, recognizing the pitch, and slowing it down. Yeah, so, so basically, let me just see if I understand this right. So basically, we're looking at kind of having a, a, a broader, wider, you know, softer focus while the pitcher's in his windup or what have you. And then once it gets to the release point, we don't want to be we don't want to be just fine focused on this just little window here that doesn't you know th that the pitcher hadn't even started yet. But more about right about that release points when our eyes would try to get that fine focus. Is that kind of the timing that people can work with at home? Yeah, I mean that's what a lot of people do. There is a little bit cleaner method, and and the reason is when we're in a soft focus, we tend to easily start thinking. We tend to get lost in thought, and so if we get too soft. Uh, we tend not to uh, be able to tune in as, like we need to. So what I kind of look at it is we want to be in multiple fine focuses. Um, and I look at, think of it like playing dot to dot with your eyes, looking at different targets. And, and what I kind of uh, uh, describe it as is we're inhaling what we see and not exhaling what we see. So kind of like our lungs, our lungs breathe we inhale and we exhale, we can't do both. We gotta do one or the other. So visually we're trying to be in that inhale mode of taking in information at the right time. So I look at it as there's a couple different methods we use and it really, we kind of round it off depending on, on who the hitter is and what their, what their needs are. But they can look around the field, they can look at the shortstop, they can look at the second baseman, they the right center field, left center field, the grass, whatever it is, let the eyes relax and move around and pick up detail. And once the pitcher starts their motion, you go, for instance, uh, a common one is going to their hat uh, and looking at their hat. And then when really when about the hands break, they switch to the release point. And part of it is most people's release point is right about here. So coming from here to here, you have good vision at that point. But if I'm a sidearm guy, I might go like the chest to here. Or if I'm lower, I might go hip to there. But try to get their eyes to, to control and switch to the release point at the right time. Oh, okay. All right, good. Yeah, that's really helpful. I know, uh, you know, people probably haven't been been taught where to look whenever whenever they're up there. And uh, one thing I found fascinating too was, you know, you talk about the eyes being muscles. You know, how many muscles are in there and how they're tracking. And I know, you know, nerves at all ages, let alone young ages, uh, you know, youth youth baseball is a problem and uh, something people are dealing with. And you can feel it, you know, when you have muscles and you're anxious, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, your, your, your fingers can feel it, you know what I mean? Like you can feel it in your chest. I mean, I would imagine your eyes are probably impacted with that nerves too. Is that right? Yeah, they're very similar to the fingertip muscles. They're similar to the vocal cord muscles. They're very strong. In fact, the eye muscles are some of the strongest muscles in the body. But what happens is if, if and I, and, you know, I kind of joke around if I said, hey, I want you to sing the national anthem as loud as you can right now for everyone in your block to hear, you know, people get nervous. And then all of a sudden the vocal cords tighten up and everything, you know, shakes and I can't remember the words or 
you know, you're around someone and you start fumbling things with your fingertips, under stress, those muscles tend to tense up. So same thing with the eyes. If, they're, if you're stressed due to pressure, fatigue, all those different things, if those muscles aren't trained to be relaxed, they tense up and they don't shudder like, you know, we tend to do with, with other stuff, but they don't track and it makes it tougher for us to react. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. So, um, so let's kind of get into it because I know that, you know, going from, you know, chest to hand to the, that release point, because I mean, picking up the spin is, you know, the, the ball game there, you know what I mean? I know, you know, you know, location and everything is super important too, but being able to pick up that baseball and read breaking ball, fastball, what have you is so important and it's so fast. So, I mean, what are ways that we can improve our, uh, you know, that moment there on the baseball field? What, what are some techniques that we can do to improve that, that switch from the soft focus to the fine focus? Um, I think uh, that's, a, that's a great question. And it's probably multiple answers to that, uh, depending on, on the athlete. But, you know, one of it is, is training visual skills. So there are some things out there, uh, some things we don't even use that are pretty good. Some light boards and reaction boards. We have some light reaction tools of speed of recognition and, and uh, react to what you see. Um, you can see I actually have a chart right back up here that we do a lot of vision, uh, uh, rapid eye movements and, and inhaling visual uh, detail uh, and switching your eyes and getting better eye control. We use that a lot with a lot of our athletes and we combine it with um, with movement so that they can under, they can control that under fatigue. We also train the muscles of the eyes using depth perception tools that you can train them to be more relaxed. Now, those are more of the skill training aspects of vision. And like I said, the tactic parts is just as important. So when we're talking about, um, you know, being able to switch your eyes to the release point, part of it is practicing, learning to do it, uh, do it in the bullpen, do it, uh, you know, with coach throwing over the uh, the L screen, do it on soft toss, do it playing catch. Just work on switching to the ball uh, and be, seeing how good you can pick up the ball and how early you can pick it up. You know, the, the one thing in baseball, uh, you know, in all sports, but, you know, using baseball is I always ask this question, what percentage of the game is physical? And I get answers all over the place, you know, 10%, 100%, whatever it is. Then I ask them the question, what percentage of the game is mental? And they go, oh, well, it's 10% physical, 90% mental. And I said, well, third question is, what percentage is visual? And they go, uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. It's 100%. <laughs> and the reality to me is it's 100% physical, it's 100% mental, and it's 100% visual. They're all very important parts to be successful. But at the same time, when you look at how much time you spend on training, you tr spend probably 90% of your time on physical, 10% on mental, and probably you know, 1%, even though I already went over there, on visual. And it's not necessarily that it's just kind of going through the motions, but it's being more uh, aware, uh, visually uh, attentive of what you're looking at and how you see things. You know, we work on the swing all the time. And, you know, you've heard this, you know, parents have heard this. You can have the most beautiful swing in the world, but if you don't see it, it doesn't help. And, but if you get, if you have an ability to see it, you have a plan to slow it down and, and control what you see, your swing will tend to work for you. Your mind will tend to work for you as well. So, you know, the eyes lead the mind and the body. And when we practice, we tend to work on the body and not tend to work on what the eyes are looking at. So part of that uh, long-winded answer is really becoming more visually attentive 
when we're performing the tasks that we're trying to perform. Yeah, no, being mindful of what we're doing is a common theme that uh, people at home are probably picking up at this summit where, you know, mindless swings in the cage are not helpful. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I took 100 swings today. Well, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you got any better. You know what I mean? Taking 20 swings with something, uh, you know, a, a goal in mind that you're trying to accomplish is better than 100 swings that, uh, you know, didn't matter. And being mindful that you're working on your vision right now is something that nobody, it's a thought not, nobody's going through their mind. You know, it wasn't when I was a player. Yeah. And uh, so just being able to take that moment and be like, I'm going to focus on his release point, move from chest to, you know, there, what have you. Anyway, but yeah, no, so where, where if people wanted to find out more information about, you know, how they can, you know, strengthen their vision and, and get better on the baseball field, is there a good resource? Is it your website or where, where's a good spot to check that out? Yeah, obviously we do have the website, www.slowthegamedown.com. Um, and you can also reach us, you know, uh, via email, phone, or, or Twitter or Instagram as well. I, I, I don't post nearly as much as I probably should, but uh, we do post some little videos here and there on Instagram um, of guys doing different drills, whether they're baseball players, infielders, and just drills that we do that are more visually intent. Um, they're focused on what they're seeing more than they're focused on their mechanics. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's you, that would be definitely something. I'll put some links to that below this video because drills are really helpful um, to to be able to see ways to apply this sort of thing in your in your daily practice. So, um, and that's I guess the question there too. I mean, is it just more practice the better? I mean, should it be you know every every day, a couple of times a week, something like that? We need to be getting in some regular regular vision training. Well, you know, uh, here's a good question, and um, you don't have to fully ask hitters. What's your task as a hitter? My task as a hitter, um, hit the ball hard is my ultimate goal there. Okay, hit the ball hard, and I like that. Some of the, the answers I hear is to get on base, to move runners. Uh, depends what my coach wants me to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reality is this. Um, if you think about this, and I and I use this uh, for pro guys, and you can break this down for for uh, uh, different levels, but a pro guy that's healthy is going to get about 650 plate appearances. Okay, the major league average is about 3.8 pitches per at bat. So if we go easy, we'll go four pitches, uh, and we'll go 600 at bats to make my math easy right now. That's yeah. uh, 2,400 pitches that they're going to see uh, in a, in a game situation, not practice. Um, the major league average is they swing at half of those, which means they swing about 1,200 times. So I always ask guys, hey, what percentage of those 1,200 swings are perfect mechanics? And they all laugh at me and say probably less than 10% or less than 5% because we can always pick, pick apart. But going back to this task is you have 2,400 pitches to do your task, and you're not going to hit every single ball, all 2,400. But you have this task of every time you step in is – to see the ball the best you can, to make solid contact, or you can say hit ball hard, or take the pitch properly. And if you did that on all 2,400 pitches, how good would you be? Oh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, it would be amazing. And I, it's not easy, but so I always challenge guys, hey, what if you saw 10% better? What if you saw 240 pitches better this upcoming year? How good would you be? And you'd give yourself a pretty good chance. So, you know, talk about this practice part of this is – it's putting a visual emphasis and practicing that visual emphasis and knowing that, hey, what is my task at this moment on the drill that I'm doing? 
If I'm hitting off the tee, is my task worried about my elbow? Is my task worried about my stride? Is my task worried about how well I see the ball? And there's a time for every single one of those. And you have to compartmentalize what you're working on. But when it comes to game time, you got to make sure you're trying to see that ball the best you can and let your swing be what your swing does. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I love the math on that. That's uh, I love how you break it down. And uh, in this in this summit, we talk about pitch tipping too, and uh, and that it's the same philosophy really. Where is if you can know uh, you know one pitch per at bat, one pitch per game that you don't chase off the plate. I mean, just think about the the counts from going a you know any count is you can work on where it's one and one. Well, suddenly it's two and one versus one and two. You know, batting averages are sure probably 100 points difference on those on those uh, counts. And if you can do that over the long term, whether it's just by visual, you know, through through vision training um, would be the best way as opposed to trying to, you know, pick up something on the pitcher. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it can make a major impact because, you know, we've all seen the major league, uh, you know, the, the comment that the difference between a, a minor leaguer and a major leaguer is one hit a week. And, you know, you stack that up and. And uh, it could really, you know, be a big game changer for you. So, um, all right, Ryan. Well, this has been fantastic. Do you have any parting advice for for the parents before we we cut you off? I, I think uh, from the parent standpoint, um, <laughs> I, I laugh because I could probably talk about for twenty minutes on this one. But <laughs> from the parent standpoint, you know, it's it's very hard. We want the best for our kids. We want our kids to succeed. We want we want all this stuff. But if we're yelling at them and we're talking to them, they can't see. They can't use their eyes if they're trying to listen to you. And it's the same thing we happen, you know, with our wives, our spouses, you know, we're, we're in the car and we're focused on what we're seeing and they're talking to us and they're saying, didn't you hear what I said? No, I'm focused on what I'm looking for. But if I'm focused on what I'm listening to, I'm not seeing. And so my encouragement for, your, for, co- for parents and coaches, ask your players, how well you seen the ball? How well you seen the ball? That should be the first and foremost question. It shouldn't be, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. They got to go, hey, are you seeing the ball like you like you can? And work on seeing the ball, not worry about listening of what we're trying to do. Okay, that was. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to let you stop right there. That was too big of a point you just made. So, um, so literally, whenever you're getting instruction, your vision, uh, you know, abilities or flexibilities decrease. Is that is that basically what you're saying? Well, you can't think and see at the same time. Okay. So this is one of the things we do with a lot of our equipment, but I'll, I'll give you a test. You ready for a test, Clint? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, okay. My eyes are wide open. So we can hear, we can see, obviously, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this in a quick version for you, but I'm going to see if you can do two things at once, okay? All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go like this. Can you see my fingers okay? Yeah, four. So I'm going to go, what is two plus three plus four plus one? <laughs> Gonna give me two separate answers. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you didn't do with your hands what I was expecting you to do there. So, uh, so there's separate yeah. numbers here. So you're gonna give me an answer for my voice and an answer for for what you see. Okay. Okay. Now, all right. You gotta compete. You gotta try hard. You gotta focus. All those fun things we tell our kids to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. What is one plus three plus two plus three? One. Plus three, plus two, plus three. One plus three. We got nine. What you did with your hands, I have no idea what 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 happened. But uh, with your words, I think I got to nine. We'll see if so that's here's right. What, what we've all been taught to do: listen to me, right? Teachers tell us to ah. listen. Coaches tell us to listen. Parents tell us to listen. 
and you did a very good job listening to what I said, but you went what we call functionally blind to what you saw. And this yeah. would be kind of a blur, and you saw it, but you don't know really what you saw. Mm-hmm. This happens to us all the time. If we're focused on what we're hearing, we're not seeing. If we're focused on, and giving other examples, when you're reading a book and you're thinking about other stuff, you flip pages and you say, what the heck did I just read? Because you're lost in thought and your eyes, your eyes moved, but they weren't taking in that information. So give you kind of another uh, a way of going about this in a quick version is all I want you to do right now is get my hand. Okay. 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 There we go. What is two plus three plus four plus three? Three, four, one, four. I think that was. So uh, seven, eight, oh, uh, 12. Unless that last one was a three. So it's either 12 or 11 on that one. Yeah. But I guess. It was 11. 11. Um, okay. All right. That was the last one of the three. All right. <laughs> now, my hand kind of slowed down a little bit, didn't it? Kinda yeah. Yeah. Like- did. Yeah. I could see it. I had, I, I couldn't even look at it the first time because it was throwing me off. So, uh, so yeah. So, so when you got into that visual focus, things slowed down and you were able to see this. And so you have to, again, make that decision. What are the things I need to focus on, whether it's practice, whether it's, uh, you know, do I need to focus on what my coach is telling me? Do I need to focus on what my teammates saying uh, or what my, my mom or dad's yelling at me? And we get, it's so easy to get distracted by other stuff. If we learn to control what we're looking at, that's where things slow down. That's where we control our focus to be a little bit more. Man, that's a, that's fantastic. That's a, that's a game changer there because it's not only just a, you people say, oh, you know, don't, don't over, over uh, coach your kids, that type of thing, just because it's not the right thing to do, but to actually see that there's a physical um, you know, impediment that you're putting in front of your kid because of that um, can probably change behaviors. I know, you know, John Armold, he's on this session and some other people have talked about over cueing and how that's just not effective. Like, you know, telling over coaching people is uh, not getting better results. And as tempting as it is as a parent to want to share, you know what I mean? And help. Um, but that's a fantastic exercise. I hope everybody followed along at home and I hope I wasn't the only one that messed it up. You know what I mean? But, uh, um, we get, we get other people uh, jumping up and down and moving their hands at the same time. And it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, okay. Well, awesome. All right. Well, that is fantastic right there. And, uh, parents will, will let you run with that one. Check out his, uh, Instagram account, all of his social medias. We've got that link down below. You can see some, uh, some, methods on how we can kind of improve our, uh, our, our, our vision and focus there. And, uh, man, I mean, the results, you just, just never know until you try it, man. It, it's, it's not something you want to find out about when you're 18, 20, 25 years old. And like, man, that would have really helped me whenever I was playing. So, uh, be sure to check that out. And Ryan, thank, thank you so much for being, uh, you know, generous with your time and generous with the information there. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no doubt. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. And we will see you in the next session.